Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, and today you are in for such a treat. I know it before the conversation even happens, because this woman who I am going to be talking with is so vivacious. She is so full of light and love and energy and positivity. And it is my sincere pleasure to have her on this show and to get to jam with her again. I had the privilege of being on her podcast some time ago, and I just felt I was in the most capable of hands and I felt so energized by our conversation. And this is the kind of woman who then sends a thank you note like the day after. And I was blown away when I received it. And so I'm just so thrilled to have people like Allie Reddy in the world and to get to share her with you in this space. So my guest today is Allie Reddy, uh, who is a former national fitness trainer turned public speaker, life coach, and podcast host. It is Allie's calling and her life's purpose to guide and coach others, helping them to create breakthroughs in their own lives so they can truly activate a life they love. Allie grew up just like me, the youngest of four children with her family in Colorado and Oregon. She earned her BA in Spanish from Oregon State University in 2008. And as an undergraduate, Allie spent two years studying abroad in Mexico and in Italy, during which time she became fluent in Italian and Spanish. Sorry, guys, we will not be having a bilingual conversation today, <laughs> although I wish we could. And she fell head over heels in love with traveling and experiencing other cultures. Travel is now an integral part of Allie's life, and she plans to take advantage of her language skills and love of other cultures so she can see even more of the country and reconnect with both the Spanish and Italian speaking communities. Allie, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today. Your introduction was incredible and made me blush and I'm I'm so grateful. I feel the exact same way about you. So thank you so much. This is such a treat. Well, we are each other's mirrors, I'm learning. I think we talked about this even yes. after our, our, our talk before. So uh, I am just, I am so lit up by doing these shows. And I've, I've listened to enough teachers and read enough things that, you know, doing what lights you up is just one of the greatest gifts. And I, I feel that way about this show. And it's one of those things where I'm like, really? I just get to have conversations with amazing people? Okay, let's do it. So. Isn't that wonderful? And I know you must feel the same way. <laughs> I do. I feel sometimes it's selfish because I just get to learn from these incredible teachers and mentors. And I mean, of course, the whole idea is to share it with my listeners, but I, I get so much out of it. So sometimes I feel like I'm doing it for me, but I'm really doing it for them too, you know? And I think only all of the best things in life come from that. I really, truly believe that. If we aren't doing it first for ourselves, I don't think it can help others. And I was just reading, I'm reading Jen, this, we're totally just going off tangents right now. I love it. Jen um, Sincero's book, I believe is how you say it. You are a badass at making money. And um, she's all, that book is right? sitting right next to me right now. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, we're totally in sync, just like we were last time. And I am loving it because I just read the passage and she is not the first person to say this, but she was a reminder of putting on our own oxygen mask. And I think that, mm -hmm. um, I think that carries over to the work we do in the world. And so if we aren't doing something for us, 
and it doesn't feed our souls first, I don't know how it could even touch others. So I love that what you do fuels you and feeds you. And I certainly feel the same about this show, which we are going to get cracking on because I just know we're going to have so much fun stuff to talk about. Uh, as many of you, as my listeners know, and if you're new to the show, I love to have these conversations revolve around a theme or a concept or some topic uh, that is really rich in my guest's life right now. Maybe it's a question they're grappling with. Maybe it's some conundrum or something that they're just looking at and examining. And Allie sent something to me that I just really loved. Uh, she, she sent me this question that she's been, you know, kind of chewing on lately, which is, am I stepping into my power each and every day? Am I owning my gifts? So I love this question. And, and for those who know the show, I take that question, I take that concept or that theme, and I say, okay, let's, let's hear from someone else who might have some light to shed on this topic. And again, very synchronistically, I found my way to The Untethered Soul, which is another book that Allie and I have in common. Mm-hmm. And I found a passage that I would like to read that has to do with our power. And I just really loved this um, this passage because of what it talks about in terms of our power. So Allie and, and those listening, I invite you, if you can, depending on where you are, if you can close your eyes or fully focus on these words by Michael A. Singer and hear what he has to say about power. And then we'll see where our inspiring conversation takes us to maybe reveal some of this, um, some of these ideas that Allie and probably many of us, certainly I know myself included, are grappling with. So in Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, he says this, will is the real force that emanates from your being. It is what makes your arms and legs move. They don't just move randomly by themselves. They move the way they do because you assert will to make them do so. You use the same will to hold on to thoughts when you want to concentrate on them. The power of self, when it is concentrated and directed into the physical, mental, or emotional realms, creates a force, and we call that force will. That's what you use when you try to make things happen or not happen. You are not helpless in there. You have the power to affect things. Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. What comes up for you, Allie? What what is that res how does that resonate? What does that bring up for you? I actually just had a conversation this morning with my sister about how we both, you know, we've both kind of been on this spiritual journey sort of in tandem and we've both really come to the conclusion that happiness is a choice. And we have, you know, particular individuals close to us that, um, you know, have struggled with, you know, depression and other things for quite a while. And we both believe that, um, you know, we all have tough days. We all have these ruminating thoughts that um, can hold us back. And we both really believe it's a personal choice and an intention that we set every single day to, to feel happiness, to, to be joyful, to see the good in each and every day and the little things and have gratitude. So that's really what came up for me um, because it's, it's something that I was 
we were literally just having this conversation this morning. And I love it because it, it is that we are not helpless. And I think so often we feel like we are, you know, that life is happening to us, not life is happening for us. And so I love how what you just said and what Michael Singer reminded you of is this idea that the power we have is where we direct our attention. I thought about you too as like, you know, this this uh, fitness trainer, right? You're so in your body. And I feel like you've helped other people be in their bodies. You know, and sometimes I even forget that on a physical level, I am commanding my body what to do. You know, I am telling it to step and to lift my arm and to point over there. And that same power is how we focus our thoughts or choose what we choose to concentrate on, right? Or yeah. how we choose to feel to your point. So I love that. The reason I also love this passage, especially in re, um, response to your question, am I stepping into my power? I just kind of thought, well, how fun, because I'm curious what that even means to you, right? So for you to even ask yourself that question, am I stepping into my power each and every day? What does that mean? What is that question really getting at for you? So I always want to be very transparent and authentic in my answer. And I have to say that for me, it is, it is this idea that I consider myself to be a recovering perfectionist. It is something that is always in the forefront of my mind, because I know that for me, I can so easily default and go back to this idea of needing to wear a mask and not showing up as who I am and, um, and, you know, really speaking from the heart. And so this idea of, you know, stepping into my power is, you know, am I being true to myself first and foremost? Because I feel like when I am, when I'm, I'm being me and I'm coming from a place of love and joy and just complete alignment, then I know that I'm showing up authentically and I know that I'm stepping into my power. And I, for me personally, I can't speak for anyone else. I think it's it can be very difficult in this technological world where there's so many um, messages, you know, being thrown at me constantly that can, you know, somehow try to find its way into my subconscious. And so I just have to be really intentional every day about asking myself that question. And some days are great and others are not. I I just I feel like if I can continually have that in the forefront of my mind, then I'm, I'm, I'm constantly creating that awareness. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, what I really appreciate is this idea of being in my power or for you being in your power is being authentic. It's being true to who I am. And that's such a, that's such a cool way of looking at power. And that's why I was curious what you mean by it, because I think any person who answers could answer it differently, what power might look like. And so my follow-up question then, if you're willing to go there with me, and I think you are, given how you are willing to show up authentically and vulnerably, is, so what is that, what does it look like? So those days when you are stepping into your power, what does that look like? And maybe what does it look like when you aren't or, or to you? Because again, and I'll, I'll preface in case anyone feels like I need to say this. We, of course, this is your own perception, right? Because I could look at you and say, wow, Allie, you are 
you're in your power every day. I'm not sure. Yeah. But for you, when you feel that, because maybe that'll resonate with somebody. This is a great, great question. I think for me, when I know that I'm in that place of true alignment is when I feel like I'm not creating my own roadblocks. I'm not creating my own resistance. And because I feel like I'm a pretty conscious person now, especially having really tapped into the spiritual piece of myself, I'm very aware now of when I'm blocking myself. So my own success, my own um, vulnerability, and when I'm not. And so on those days when I feel like I'm being really successful, I'm kind of speaking you know, off the cuff, I'm not censoring myself. I'm not filtering anything. I'm showing up and being who I am and saying the things that I want to say from my heart. And of course, you know, always wanting to be respectful. And that's when I feel really great. You know, I'll have, you know, an awesome conversation like this that will just inspire the heck out of me. I'll send emails without a fear of you know, what will the response be? It's really living in that place. The best way I can describe it, Amanda, is of unattachment. I know that I'm not having a great day or I'm I'm blocking myself when I am so attached to an outcome, so attached to what is someone going to say or think or respond to me. So that's kind of what that means on my end of being in a good day of power. And yeah, so much great stuff. Like, non-attachment, non-resistant. These are such, and, and I believe you've read or are reading the power of now, if I recall. Yes. Yeah. A good one. It's, it's one that you can just take your time with. It's uh, and he talked, I, from reading that book, these ideas of non-resistance, non-attachment, he's not the only one to talk about them, but I felt like I really kind of first got my head around it. And I love how for you being in your power is first of all, not resisting yourself or setting up your own roadblocks. And that happens when you're not feeling overly attached to the outcome. And I'm so glad you said that. It's like, yeah, let me send this email. Let me have this conversation without, first of all, resisting what it is or resisting my feelings or attach the outcome, which actually goes back to what Michael Singer said in this passage where he even says it's that force, that power within us is we use that when we try to make things happen or not happen. Because I think it's important that we can remember our power can go both ways. It can support us in a very non-resistant allowing state where we show up and that's kind of what I heard you describe as I'm in my power when these things are happening. We also can use our power to resist what's going on in our life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. you're getting, and then you get a different experience. Absolutely. And one thing that comes one, to mind for me is, well, there's two stories specifically, but the, the first is, you know, just this week I had this constant thought of, um, you know, these different people that I wanted to bring on my podcast, but also, you know, put myself out there to, you know, possibly be interviewed by them. And it's this, this voice in my head that's saying, um, well, who are you to do that? And like, who are you to think that you can play at that level? And I think that that is so normal. And that's probably something that I really want to hit home with people is that I don't think that that ever really goes away. I think that no no matter where we go in our our career or whatever aspect you're thinking of, 
there's still going to be those thoughts. And one thing that I was always coached to do was rather than um, rather than suppress that, it's to embrace it. And I was always told that that's kind of like my inner child that is terrified of what's happening and to call my inner child by saying, hey, like we're good, we're gonna do this together. So that story really comes to mind because that, that's been so real for, for me this week of this, this story that's been going on in my mind. And then I think, well, you know, do the Lewis Howes, do the Tony Robbins, do the Marie Forleo's of the world, do they have these thoughts? And it's, it's like, yeah, they probably do. They just don't necessarily, um, they don't let it rule their day. They have a really quick way of snapping themselves out of those thoughts. Does that make sense? Totally. And again, I'm like, bing, 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 like untethered soul. Cause I read a few other passages as I was finding this quote and it's all about that. I mean, that's the idea again, our power, um, we can choose to concentrate on these thoughts or not. Okay. Right. So like we, do we give those thoughts our power or do we give them power over us is the big question. And the other thing that you, what you're saying, it totally makes sense. I had another guest on Eric Zimmer recently and it was brilliant. Cause he said, I was sharing a story of mine and he goes, you know, the thought can be there, but it's whether or not you then take action on that thought, right? So like I was, the yeah. thought was, oh, I, I didn't show up enough. And, you know, I really wanted to have done more, but I, you know, at least I did do, I did do some, right? I did do some. He goes, well, then it doesn't matter what the thought was. You showed up, you did something. And I think a lot of times, I love that you said that the thought can be there. The thought probably will be there, but whether or not we give that thought power or not is up to us. Amen. And Amen. I think I used to do a really poor job of this, mostly because I don't think I went to the mind gym. Like I, you know, I used to go to the physical gym and whatever, but I didn't spend a lot of time in the mind gym. And that's why, and I know we talked about this in um, the episode where you came on my podcast of really grounding ourselves and having that quiet time, whether it's through meditation, whatever formality that looks like for, for your listeners that is so important because when I find these thoughts come up now, I have these tools in my pack to really embrace the thoughts that come in and I know what to do with them. Now, of course, I'm not perfect and there's still ones that slip through that I sometimes let have power over me, but I'm so much more aware now. And I think awareness is, awareness is like 50% of the battle. If you just know it's happening, then you can you can quickly create a solution. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, oh, awareness is like 99%. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was, I was no, like, I just it's really, it's no, it really is. It's really right. Because no, without that. Not to contradict you. No, it really, and I, I think love you're so that right. also. The pro, and, I, and I'm going to then, you know, throw your own words back at you. And it's like, it's progress over perfection, right? Yes. So even yes. when, of course, we're going to have those moments where, it takes us three times as long as, you know, it needs to, but we're like, oh, that's right. Now I remember. And then the next time, maybe it's a little faster. And then the next time it's longer and it's always a, pro it's a progression. I love that you brought up this idea though, of the gym, because I think it's really fascinating that you have this, and I don't know your whole history here. So feel free to share however much you'd like, but you know, that you've been this this fitness trainer. And I mean, obviously you, you look at you and you can just tell, right. You, you, you've, in a way, at least according to my perception, you've really mastered the physical body. And I think it's really cool for us, I know for myself, to make the connections between how, oh, 
this mental thing is a lot like this physical thing, which is kind of like this emotional thing. And when I can, you know, use each to relate to the other, sometimes it makes the process easier. Uh, I do that a lot with my yoga practice. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a lot like this other emotional thing I'm dealing with, right? Because I can put it in my body and I can find a way to relate to it. How has that been for you, knowing that you kind of, you started out, from what I can tell, in this very physical realm, and now you're in this mental and spiritual realm. Has it been, has it served a purpose for you? Has it been useful to you to relate the two, if that makes sense? You ask such beautiful questions. I, I just got chills because I think, I think the answer to this is that the mental and the spiritual was always a part of me, but maybe I wasn't ready maybe I wasn't ready for it. Maybe I wasn't ready to acknowledge it. And so, you know, this is something I'm still trying to master in my own, you know, in the realm of entrepreneurship in my career. I always think to myself, okay, Ali, you don't struggle to be motivated to go to the gym. I mean, I'm a group fitness instructor. I, I love moving my body. I, I love the, um, I love the energy. I love the inspiration I get. Sometimes I feel like that is such an integral part of my workday because I get such amazing downloads during that time. Um, but I transitioned because ultimately what I realized was that I never was really talking to my clients about fitness. It was really like 5% of the equation, you know, the other 95% of the time I was asking them like, Hey, how is your home life? How's your marriage going? How's your career? Oh, you can't stop eating. Oh, it's probably because you're so stressed in your job. And so for me, it's always been so much more than just about the fitness and what's happening in the gym with me. It's so much more about what's happening in their life outside of that box. And I really got passionate about it because I feel like if we're not aligned with who we really are and we're not connected to that on a spiritual, emotional um, mental level, and when we don't strengthen that, then I believe that we can't ever really get to the goal that we desire in our physical life, you know, in the gym. And that's what's made me so passionate is there is such a crossover. And I think the industry is starting to go that direction. Um, but to be honest, it felt it, it just felt a little too superficial for me to keep talking to people about their bodies when I was like, it's really not even about this at all, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think, you know, what's been what's been fascinating for me, even on my journey is the ways in which we each come to this truth and this understanding. And we'll each have our own portal and our own entry point. And some of us come at it via the physical, you know, it's kind of like, again, like you said, you have no pro that's never been the issue for you. You know, that's just like, oh yeah, here I go. You know, I'm motivated. I'm on, I'm on fire. And then it's through that you connected with people and are like, and here's really the truth, right? People came to you for the physical and then you guided them to the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, because really that's the core, that's the truth. And then there are others who maybe um, they really do struggle with the physical, but they've come in a different portal, a different entry point. And what's, where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is, first of all, I just think it's cool because we all come in at different points and then we get to spend our lives and we get to spend this whatever this is here in this human form, finding a way to bring it all together, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, like, to your point, it's not just about the body. And yet 
being physically well and healthy is really part of the package, right? There can be a real imbalance if that's not. Um, and so now we get to start to play with how do we bring all of these together? What is that? Um, I'm just curious if that has been a process for you. Do you feel like you've needed to bring balance into that area or how do you help others bring balance to that? Right. So that it's not just about the body, but it's also not like neglecting the body. Yeah. I think people find a sweet spot. You know, I always encourage people always to, you know, oftentimes clients, when they start with me, they'll say, I, I really don't enjoy doing exercise. And so we'll unpack that and go deeper and start to uncover those layers. And what we realize is that, you know, I, I take people back to their childhood and say, okay, what did you love to do as a kid? And oftentimes people will say, well, I was in individual sports or I was in team sports and I really loved that. And I said, okay, so why not go back to that? Why not join a softball team or you know, think about taking a group fitness class if you love this sense of community. And it just gets people back to that playfulness um, because I, I almost struggle with the word exercise because I want it to be playful for people. It should be fun. It should be enjoyable. It should never feel like punishment. So I think that piece helps people to A, remember that their journey and their fitness is going to look very different than mine and then yours. So whatever suits them. And I think from that place, when people can settle into their own perfect plan, then the rest of it comes so much more naturally. Because I think people that don't enjoy exercise, they're constantly, they're creating that their own resistance, right? Remember we talked about the roadblocks earlier? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we can get people to not do that and to find a way to just be in the flow. I mean, it sounds so woo-woo, but that's just the best way is... It's, you're just in the flow. I mean, I feel like that's one of my gifts is I've always been in the flow of my exercise. It's just never been a thing. I, I just show up. I love it. I do it and I leave. Um, and again, I, I struggle with that area of like, okay, how can I translate that to my career? How can I feel that confidence and that strength in my career? And so, it, you know, that's where I'm helping people on the opposite end. Okay, well, you feel this in your career. How can I help you feel that way? in the gym. So it's definitely difficult. Yeah. Well, of course. And I, and I do love though, that to your point, it's, it's finding a way of, again, with our owning our own power, our own will is first of all, removing that obstacle, removing the roadblock that we are putting in front of ourselves, whether that be what we call it, you know, oh, I don't like the term exercise. Well, let's find a different word. And then what is it about that that you want to do? What feels playful? What feels in alignment with who you already are? I think it's amazing that, and I, I still believe, I mean, I certainly know I'm, I'm in this at times, though I've gotten so much better where, you know, I'm, I'm not a runner. <laughs> I'm just yeah. not a runner, but I tried, I tried so hard to be a runner and guess what? It never worked for me. Like I just, I didn't feel good. I probably wasn't, I mean, I don't think I was any healthier because I was really, I was in such resistance to it. Um, but once I found the thing like the yoga and guess what? I just, I'm in flow with a certain type of yoga. I even had to find the right type of yoga because mm -hmm. if I went with a different yoga, total resistance, right? Yes. So I love that we have to remind ourselves to when we feel that resistance, it could be something that we can work through, or it just means we need to shift and we need to try something else. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I love that you also talked about with what you sent me, 
owning our own gifts. And I kind of feel this has to do with that, right? So, you know, how do you bring that in? Or how are you even, what's coming up for you around that question right now? Because again, I feel like we're dipping our toe in it with this idea of each of us is here. We're, we're all you, we're all different. We're all unique and we're all the same. That's the paradox. Mm-hmm. And yet we, we do have our own ways of, of navigating this experience called life. Um, so when you think about owning your gifts or helping others learn to own theirs, what, what comes up for you? Like, what's that all about? I think for myself, I think back to, you know, this last week, I um, gave a speech at Toastmasters, uh, which I'm a part of and I love. And I took a really big risk, Amanda. I chose to go a route that I don't normally go. You know, I'm I'm typically really good at the the motivational, the inspirational, the the transformational type stuff. And so I decided to go the more entertaining route when I created this speech. And I was so nervous because I think this is why people are really nervous for public speaking is that there's a 50-50 chance that it's going to land the way that you hope. You know, if I'm trying to make people laugh and I want it to be funny, I hope that it's going to land that way, but there's a 50% chance that it won't. And so it was a really big risk for me. And I just had so much fun with it. And I, I got so many people that came up to me after that. This was my, I think my third speech I'd done there. I've been a part of it for about three months now. And so many people came up to me and said, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you were so funny. And I just, I took that as the best compliment because I I truly believe going back to what we spoke about in the beginning, Amanda, I think that that really is a part of my personality. I'm very goofy with the people that are really close to me. I love being sarcastic. I love to laugh. I love to make kind of like dirty jokes. And I felt like I got to show people a little piece of that and people loved it. And they, and this guy was like, he goes, I really feel like there's more of that in you. And have you thought about exploring that more? And so it's fun for me on this level to see myself taking risks and to be exposing more and more of who I truly am. And I don't think I was even aware that I maybe wasn't exposing that to the world was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, what I love is again, that is you to your point, Allie, what we said, like, that's your power because that is who you truly are. And you're giving people more and more of that to see. And I love that the, the taking the risk was really opening yourself up more and saying, guys, there's something else inside of me that I want you to see. I want you to be a part. It was like, yeah, it's like, it's like opening it. yourself and being like, Hey world, here I am. Kind of goofy and funny and dirty at times, you know, with yeah. my jokes. And, it's, and they loved and it. They, loved they totally it. loved exactly. it. And then we are, when we, when we take those risks, we often are then validated and we're like, Oh, that's right. And not always. I'm not saying that sometimes we don't have those fall on our face moments that are also important for other reasons. But the more times we take these risks, then the more times we have the opportunity to be like reminded and validated. Oh, right. That is who I am. People love that part of me. I can do that again. You know, I think that's awesome. And breaking the mold of maybe who you thought you were supposed to be when you show up in this space. That's also a huge takeaway right now for me. Yes. So true. And you know, when I think it comes to helping other people, um, you know, really own their gifts. It's, it's, 
it's getting people to dream again, getting people to think bigger and ask themselves better questions and allow themselves to go there. Because I think it is really easy to settle into, okay, well, I've got to support myself and I've got to have this job and, you know, I'm getting older now. And so I can't, I can't have these dreams like I had maybe in my late teens and early twenties. And I, I just fully believe that it's never too late. And so it's so fun to watch people dream again, get that, that wide-eyed look and even start to take steps towards it. You know, maybe it's um, going back and doing the art that they've always loved, or, you know, maybe that's them deciding to make a career change and take a little bit of a risk, you know, for something that's not as cushiony as, as they're in right now. And um, that can be really difficult, but it also, I think it awakens people. And I believe that um, there's a lot of, of us who are just kind of sleepwalking through life and we're, we're just getting by, we're just doing enough so that we don't get fired. Right. Yeah. So man, that's so true. And I love how so much of what you um, offer others is that re- going back to when you were the child, when you were the younger person or younger version, when, when we didn't have so many layers of gunk and shoulds and expectations and obligations and all the stuff that we add on and on and on and on to cover up who we really are. And you you, it sounds like with your work and so many of these little in these ways with people, you're you are going in and saying, "But what was really down there? What what really lit you up when you were little? What excited you? What did you? What was playful and fun?" And let's start to bring that back. And I think to your point, that is how we then reawaken to who we truly are. It's like, oh, there I am. That's what's true for me, and I don't have to now maybe I don't have to be so scared of that. Or I can be more courageous than to face this other fear, like quitting the job or, or saying no, when my boss asks me to work, you know, another five hours or whatever, like I can, I'm more confident because I've gotten more in touch with who I truly am. And it's such a beautiful process. Um, But I love how you do that in different ways with, with the people you touch and the lives that you touch. Yeah, I mean, our past is really powerful and it's also very, very telling. I mean, I, I did this exercise quite a bit at my live events that I did this past summer. And it, it's this memory exercise of having people go back and um, recount, recount their, their four most memorable moments. And guess what? They always, without fail, include other people and community and it's amazing to watch the emotions that come up for people because a lot of those things are still what people want to do. They're just so afraid, or maybe their parents told you, you know, being an artist doesn't make enough money or, you know, being a musician, you know, there's so many people, I don't know if you're good enough. And, um, and so then we fall prey to the idea that adulthood means, you know, kind of buckling down, doing the job that, you know, the J-O-B that maybe we don't love. And it is, it's a powerful thing to allow ourselves to dream again, but it's also, it's a place where people need that constant reminder of taking action. You know, I think that's why people get further down the line and they, they have a lot of resentment. They have a lot of of depression and anxiety and just anger because they knew all along what they wanted to do and they didn't do it. They didn't do the thing. They were so afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm, So true. I'm, I really want to ask, and um, 
curious, you know, for those listening right now, because I feel like we've just covered so much beautiful ground. And especially right now, what you just said, where so many people probably do feel stuck. Um, they even may know, they may not know, but they may know. And now it's like, ah, uh, but I'm not taking action or I wish I had, or wish I could. I mean, that even comes up for me still. Um, what advice, and maybe if it's not advice, it's inspiration or it's um, a story of your own or whatever, what would you offer the listeners right now? You know, when it comes to being in their power, owning their gifts, rather than allowing the fear to take over. One exercise that I was actually given early on in, in my coaching um, when I when I was working with someone else was to write down what that fear really looks like. And, you know, in my events, I did a lot of exercises in the beginning of the day uh, uh, surrounding fear, like almost to the point, Amanda, where people were just feeling like nauseated by the whole thing. Because what happens is when we start to like bring life to those fears, we start to talk about them out loud with other people, we realize they, they most times don't hold any merit. Like they're, 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 we are, the reason it has so much power is because it's living in your mind. But the minute that it can start to live on your lips and you start to vocalize that, it loses so much of your power. It's, it's the same type of thing of what Brene Brown says is that when we have shame, you know, or fear, those things, those things become cancerous when they live in a Petri dish. But when we start to shed light on them, we start to share them with other people, um, they can't survive. And so that would be my biggest advice is, you know, get really clear, write your fears down, talk to someone, because I think what you're going to realize is that, wow, this actually isn't as scary as I was making it out to be. But the mind's a powerful thing. You have a fear for 10 years and all you've been doing is ruminating on it heck yeah, it's going to feel really powerful and scary. So you've got to do some work to bring that to the forefront. Yeah. And redirect that power. I love it. So we're right back to where we started. We can be giving our thoughts so much of our power by choosing not to bring them into the light. And I love, love that reminder to everyone. It's so powerful, so yeah. powerful and a little scary at first. So find someone you trust, find your journal, find your best friend and, and you will find, at least in my experience, Allie, I think you would agree that it really, they, they, the, that power just quickly dissipates from those fears. And all of a sudden it doesn't seem nearly as big and scary as it once did. The power in all, it's the stories, the stories that we make up in our minds about what people are thinking, what people are saying, what's going to happen. That is, that was a really powerful shift for me was that most of those stories were not even true. And those can be really, really devastating and detrimental, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's when it comes to a certain dream you have. So asking yourself, am I, am I creating a story that's not even real? Amen. Wow. That is a, that's right there. Yeah. To rewrite some of our stories can be really, really impactful. Cause you're right. A lot of power lives in them. We've again, given them a lot of power because of all the time we've spent crafting them and rewriting them and editing them <laughs> and yes. adding in, Oh, yeah. wait, there was this one other thing too. I'm going to make sure that's in there. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm feeling so good about this. And I love to always offer up. Is there anything else around this conversation that you feel needs to be brought into the light before we 
move on to our, our closing questions. No, I think that, I think that if I could just offer one more thing when it comes to, you know, if you're listening right now and you, you have something that's, that's on your heart, I call that like, you know, the small voice that's constantly saying, you know, gosh, I want to share, I want to share my beauty tips with people or, um, you know, I, I might want to own an ice cream shop. I mean, it could be a million different things. I would just encourage you to explore that. And I feel like our society talks a lot about taking action. And I do agree with that a lot, a hundred percent. But what I would say is I believe in taking aligned, inspired action. So when you are in that place of your, your true self, you're owning your power, you know that you're coming from a, a place that is really joyful and an uplifting and confident that's when I encourage people to take action. Because if you're taking constant action from, from fear or, um, you know, and, and that's the thing is like, there are going to be times when you're taking inspired action and you are still afraid. But I think that alignment piece is huge of, are you doing the mindset work to make sure that you're in that place before you take action? Because I'm a full, firm believer that, you know, the universe or whatever your belief is spiritual, spiritually that it's going to meet you halfway. So if you do half of the work, you know, you're going to know, you're going to start to get those signs of when you need to start putting one foot in front of the other and taking more action. Beautifully said. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'm glad I paused and let you say that that was really awesome. And with that, I would love to pivot and ask you my, my closing question so our listeners get to know you a little bit more personally, perhaps, and get some other great tips and insights from you. Yeah, the first question I have, and I love these questions because I know, for the most part, most people are like, uh, there is no one answer, and that's totally true. There's going to be no one answer probably to most of these. So whatever you feel like sharing today in this specific moment, the first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Oh, man, so many people. I will just, I'll go with the first one that comes off the top of my head. You know, I feel like one of the reasons I've been able to get to where I'm at um, when it comes to, you know, being stronger in the, in the mental gym is my husband. You know, he studied sport and performance psychology, but I also just feel like his um, his DNA, he is an eternal optimist. The way that he thinks and approaches situations is so vastly different than what I was used to. And I, I like to think that a lot of that is starting to rub off on me the more that, you know, the longer that we're together. So it really does bring me a lot of inspiration. Um, because while we have different spiritual paths, I feel like where I'm at spiritually is something that's always just really come naturally to him. And that's such a cool thing for me to watch someone who just so easily is in the flow with that kind of stuff, where I feel like I'm still in a place of having to be really intentional about it. That answer just brings the biggest smile to my face. And <laughs> what a lucky guy. And of course, you are probably a very lucky woman. Um, that's so beautiful. One of the things I came to terms with this year was being more intentional, the what I want in my relationships and healthy, fun and inspiring are the things. And so to know that you are inspired by your husband is just such a beautiful gift to both of you. So that's great. 
Question number two, and I know that you are quite the reader, at least so far, we've talked about a number of books <laughs> that are on your bookshelf and next to you and all the things. So if you were to choose a book or two, I'm not going to hold you to it, but what, what stands out um, in terms of a book that you've read that has really served as, um, as a source of inspiration for you on this journey? Hands down, I would say any and all of Brene Brown's books, those got me through some of the darkest times in my life. You know, when I went through a divorce seven years ago, I think it was seven years ago, I truly feel like reading those books, number one, helped me to realize that I could release the perfectionism and that I could overcome that. But also it just taught me about boundaries and my self-worth and that that having boundaries actually means that I respect myself. It doesn't mean that I am, you know, being disrespectful and I've just learned so much from her. And I think that one of the reasons why I'm able to be so open and vulnerable with people about my story is that um, it's often the times when I'm most afraid to share something that I feel like it winds up helping the most people. So I always know that, you know, if I'm a little nervous to share that it's probably going to land, you know, but I only share things that I feel that people have earned the right to hear. So, you know, my listeners, you know, they know a lot about me. So I'm not going to share something that, you know, is super fresh wound that I'm just working through this week that if someone came back and said something to me, it would totally crush me. You know, I share things that I have mostly worked through um, because I, I hope that that can serve someone else. So I would definitely say, Brene Brown's books. I mean, Jen Sincero's books are amazing. And then I loved Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. That book just, oh man, it spoke to my heart so much. So I'm going to set this intention right now. Is I want to have a cocktail party with you and all these women in yes, this room yes. one day. Please. Sister, okay, can I, can I just tell a story really quick? Like two seconds. So Brene Brown is, Brene coming, Brown is coming to town <gasps> next week. And, um, I've tried to go see her three times and tickets always sold out like in the first three minutes. And so this time she's speaking at the university, which is just down the street from me. And so one of my girlfriends, her husband's a grad student. And so he just happened to be on campus that day and he was able to get um, three tickets. So I'm actually going to get to bring my sister along. Um, but I was at dinner the other night and a bunch of my girlfriends were like, yeah, not, no one I know was able to get tickets to Brene. And I kind of just sat there and like, you know, like, it was just know. super silent. And I was like, I don't want to be that girl. And they're like, oh, they're like, you get a ticket. And I was like, me. And I was like, me. So now Own I'm it, girl. Like, yeah, I'm you like, did. I'm like, okay, how can I manifest <laughs> meeting with Brene? Like, should I hang out by the bathroom before? Right. Oh, you're going to make it happen. And then we're going to have one day, one day, I can't tell you how long from now, but we're all going to be in the same room together. I just know it. It's going to yes, be amazing. Yes. Oh, okay. So good. Uh, third question, what place or activity uh, currently inspires you most right now? Oh, easy. I am an avid walker. In fact, my husband was laughing at me because this is a struggle that we have when we go on vacations is that I love to walk aimlessly and I get this from my dad. I love to just walk into a new city and walk for 10 miles and then come back. And so on a daily basis, I walk at least an hour, if not two hours, one in the morning, one at night. Um, it's not, for me, it's not even about the exercise. The exercise is great. It's, I get so much inspiration. It, it fills my cup. I get so much energy. I am relaxed. I feel like I'm in the most, um, 
it just, it brings me back to me. And so my walks are really, really sacred. And I know that's kind of funny. And I know that anyone can do that kind of exercise, but I've really started to cherish what that time means for me and what I'm able to feel during those walks. All right. Last two questions. Um, What are you currently working on or creating that is really lighting you up right now? So many things. So one of the things is I... I really love public speaking. And, you know, for me, Amanda, I love that we have this ability to, you know, connect via podcasts and we can connect with people on social media. I I oftentimes feel though that I was not meant to be in the millennial category, which I'm barely in, because I cherish the in-person conversations and interactions with people more than anything, like it just, it fills my soul. And so for me, I'm really working on um, lining up more opportunities where I can be with people in person. And so, you know, one of those is I'll be speaking at uh, the University of Minnesota. They've got um, kind of their like self-love week. And so I'll be working with students and I'm really just trying to put myself out there more because I do feel like this is how I'm meant to serve the world in this way is to really, you know, look people in the eyes and and bring people together in a room again. Um, because I, I think this is what we're really yearning for is more of this um, in-person connection. Because I, I just don't think that there is a replacement for that. Absolutely. Oh, I love that you said that. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Oh, Good, good, good again that you're in the world and you're sharing your gifts in this way. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Last question, because at this point, I know people are madly in love with you and uh, they are inspired to reach out. Where do they find you? How do they connect with you? Yeah. So people can find me at, um, on my website, allyready.com. It's just A-L-I-R-E-T-I.com. And then I have a second website, which is more of my like wellness stuff that I have. And, um, you know, I've got a bunch of free workouts that if people are interested, they can check out there. And that's at readyfit, R-E-T-I-F-I-T.com. And then I usually hang out on Instagram, um, Ali underscore ready. And then also on Facebook, Ali ready events is what I believe it is. But very few people have my last name. So if you type it in, you'll most likely be able to find me. So yeah, that's where people can can hang out with me and hopefully find you in person in one of your many cities and places where you'll be. So I'm sure they can get all that information on your, on these online places. So fantastic. Well, Allie, as always, uh, I look forward to many, many more of these conversations and I look forward to one being in person one day. So I'm going to continue. We need to get a couple of (laughs) So we're going to do that. Uh, We're going to make that happen. And and in the meantime, I'm grateful to this um, online platform and the technology to serve as kind of a catalyst for some of that. But yes, the in-person eye gazing and hugging cannot be um, replicated uh, in, in this form. So thank you again for all of your insights, for your personality, for your gifts, for being in your power so often so that other people can learn to be in theirs and be inspired to be in theirs more and more. You are a true gift. And um, thank you to all the listeners who tuned in. Thank you. You are a gem. I'm all giddy. So here we are. Here we are, friends. Until next time, many, many blessings.